Hi, I'm Janet O'Shea, the author of Risk Failure Play, What Dance Reveals About Martial Arts Training. Today I'm in conversation with Kathy Long, five-time world champion kickboxer, Kung Fu Sansu master, and all-around stellar martial artist. Kat, I, I really wanted to talk to you in particular because you know, my book is called Risk Failure Play, What Dance Reveals About Martial Arts Training, but really the book is about sparring, and it's about what contact martial arts can show us about ourselves and about how we interact with other people. So this simultaneous love and fear of sparring is, among other things, what keeps me coming back to your class. And so I just really wanted to get your thoughts about some ideas that I have that are in the book. One of the things that I, I look at my book is has to do with martial arts and personal transformation. And you know, most mar martial artists, I think, seem to have a story of how training in martial arts improved them and changed their lives. And I'm I was wondering, do you have the story of how martial arts transformed you? I started martial arts when I was 14 years old, and I was just starting high school. A friend of mine invited me to her Aikido class. And Aikido is not a terribly violent, um, as far as you know, sticking the fingers in the eyes or hitting people in the groin or things like that. But it's, it's a more of a passive art. Uh, however, highly effective in some areas. But I think mm. what what helped transform me in in that aspect was as a as a child I wasn't um, I, I lived in kind of a dictatorship. We really didn't have a family environment. There wasn't a lot of love or care or concern or <clears throat> nurturing or anything along those lines. But it was certainly there in the martial arts school that I went to, <clears throat> which was on March Air Force Base. And I lived just outside of the West Gate, and I used to literally sneak on the base <laughs> every day. And it was it was active at that time. So that was an, uh, you know, an interesting challenge every day to sneak on the base, go take Aikido, and, uh, and then sneak off base. There were occasions when I got a ride home, but I think what transformed me then at that time was the love and care and nurturing environment that I went into every day. And because of that, I, I, I found that I, it was, it helped, it helped shape me to the person that I am now and that I understand through martial arts, you know, you can provide a nurturing, caring, loving environment for somebody else, if, especially if they don't have it at home. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me. I mean, you say, you know, Aikido is not a very violent martial art. And, of course, you know, I, I think there's so many ways in which you know, something like Aikido, you know, is based around that idea of using someone's force against them. But, you know, I found even with very aggressive martial arts that you get this extraordinary sense of community that builds up around the practice. And there's something that seems, you know, it seems like a paradox, but it's, it, it's so commonplace that there must be something to that. Well, I think because when you go into a, a, an environment where there's striking involved, there's mm -hmm. an, an understanding that each person has when they're sparring with the other. It's like, I'm not, I don't see you as the enemy, and, and there's, there's none of that, oh, I don't like you, so I'm just going to hit you as hard as I can. <laughs> They've already, it's already an accepted and agreed upon activity in that respect where, yes, I'm walking in here and I'm going to risk getting hit in the face. 
or getting hit in the body. <clears throat> and it's accepted, and you're both being pushed outside of your comfort zone, but you're being supported at the same time. And it's where you get to learn not so much, you know, how to protect yourself out in public if you get attacked by somebody, but it's where you learn where your boundaries are. You learn to become comfortable outside of your comfort zone and and accept it and be okay with it. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I recall kind of talking to you about this before, about, like, with with striking arts, how getting hit has a totally different meaning than it does in real life. And there's that way in which when somebody hits you on the mat, I remember you, you say, using these terms, that that person is not trying to hurt you, they're trying to help you. Correct. And I they're think that's so interesting. understand that it's, it is. I mean, the, the, there's a ton of violence in the world and obviously you try your best not to attract that sort of negativity or violence in your life but in the off chance that you happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time or maybe even the right place at the right time getting used to the idea of that kind of physicality is not going to be such a horrible shock to you should it happen out in public mm. And that's where that kind of training really helps to prepare you, not only for a physical altercation, but for anybody who happens to lash out at you emotionally or even intellectually and wants to have a kind of a debate with you. It's like, you know what? I've been hit in the gym and this is nothing. This is nothing compared <laughs> to what I've gone through. So in a way, it does prepare you for all kinds of being able to stand up for yourself and understand, yeah, you know what? I go to the gym and I work out with people who hit me and there's really nothing you can say that's going to affect me because I'm used to not in a in a mean intentional way, but I'm used to being attacked in that respect. And it's yeah, something that's I've grown intense. comfortable with and now I know how to deal with it. The flip side of that is like I you know, I'm I've been hit and I can withstand it, but also, like, I've been hit and I can maintain my equilibrium. I can control my temper. So, right, that's sort of the flip yeah. side of it in a way with, like, right, if somebody attacks you emotionally or, as you say, intellectually, it's like, you know what, I can handle it. I don't have to get aggressive or angry because I can get hit in the face and not lose my temper. So why would I lose my temper over some provocative thing that someone says? Correct. Because it's that very interesting kind of flip side. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's so interesting, right? Because I, you know, from, I think this is probably true of a lot of people that it's learning to get hit and not feel emotionally wounded, but also learning to get hit and not be angry. Right. Um, Staying calm under pressure is one of a fighter's highest attributes because, you know, in, in that type of sport, which is a contact sport, and remember, it's just a sport, but in that contact sport, if your opponent is raining, you know, a barrage of punches at you and kicks, and you're not able to stay calm under the pressure, and you start panicking, then you go into survival mode, and you end up losing. But it's not that you lost the fight because the decision went to them. It's because you lost control of yourself. 
Mm. It has nothing to do with who decides who wins or loses. It's what you do with yourself that you that allows you to, you know, overcome that obstacle. It's not about winning or losing in in the in the fight itself. It's about the the self challenge. How can I stay calm under this pressure and and then see my opportunities and embrace them? Meaning, look for openings and be able to hit them. Yeah, and I think that's so interesting. Like, you know, for for me as someone who's not a, a competitor, I still like you know have glimpses of that. And to me, that is so informative. Like those those sparring matches. Like sometimes it's you know I'm sparring with somebody who's so good that like. There's no way I'm going to come out of it ahead. Like this person's been training way longer than me, and they're so talented. And but it's really that you know, it's it's being able to still find some kind of reasoning within that interaction, so that it doesn't become going into panic mode or just being about reactivity. Instead, just being able to say, "Oh wait, I see what's going on. I see those openings," or even you know, getting hit and going, "Oh, I see how that person did that." And to me, that's right. one of those extraordinary transformational kind of things that we get from this kind of contact sport. Not only and it on a physical over. level, but it does on, the, on an emotional level. When you're when you're handling yourself in a business interaction, or even in a simple argument that you may have with a spouse or a loved one or even a close friend, and it's where you learn to take control of yourself and control when you can control yourself you control the environment around you yeah yeah absolutely i mean that's that whole calm calm in the eye of the storm right inhabiting the eye of the storm exactly yeah yeah and it's so true it really carries over to other aspects of life yeah it does i learned an awful lot when i was competing in professionally in in kickboxing to start with I was living with a boyfriend who was severely abusive, and he was also my trainer and my kung fu instructor. So it was an interesting battle all the way through, not just battling the the men who I was sparring with, because I didn't have women to spar with. Uh, I only sparred with men, and all of the men that I sparred with had years more experience than I did. So it was an uphill battle the entire time. And then the conditioning and the all the training that I had to go through, it was something that, uh, as a, looking back at it, it was a journey for myself to realize not only how much I can take physically and emotionally, but how much I let it affect me. And that's where, that's where I, I grew and evolved as a person because I came to understand that I, I was strong, and no matter what was being thrown at me, whether it was from my boyfriend or in sparring, I mean, I've had many broken bones and torn torn muscles, fat lips, black eyes, you name it, I've had it. But it's it's something that helped me understand that, yes, I can endure this, and then there comes a point in time when you don't have to anymore mm. on a personal level. Not only that, but because of what I've gone through and what I've learned and, and understanding how to affect a, a human being's anatomy in positive ways and, and negative ways, and I say negative only in, in that I truly do know how to, how to hurt somebody severely in a matter of seconds. But 
because I know how to do that, it allows me to be very, very kind and very compassionate with people because there's no need. There's no need to hurt somebody. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, that's always the thing that I feel like I have this conversation with non-martial artists and they're like, oh, you know, that's a load of martial arts movie crap that like you learn to fight so you don't have to fight. I'm always like, no, it's true. It's really true. Like, because if you have that security in yourself and you know you can do damage, then you don't, you can set boundaries without having to do that damage. And I, I always think about that, that story you told once about the, the woman who got mad at you because she thought you took your parking, her parking space. And how, yeah. you know, how she came back, you know, and, and kind of then it was like, oh, is she going to try to fight me? And then, in fact, she started crying and saying, I'm so ashamed of myself. Like, how could I have done that? You know, and I think that's such an interesting story in, in two ways, of course. Like, you know, don't challenge people over parking spaces because you never know when that person's a champion kickboxer, for one. But for two, <laughs> if you know how to fight, right, you can walk away from it and say, you know what, like, I'm not going to get into a fight over a parking space. And I think that's just so illustrative yeah. of exactly that kind of martial arts paradox. And and not only that, but, you know, knowledge is power in a lot of ways, not necessarily academically, however, but with understanding human nature. And as a martial artist, you really do learn a lot about yourself and a lot about other people. And, you know, the triggers that people have. What what incites them to get angry, whether it's for, you know, personal or perhaps even shallow or superficial reasons. Maybe they're just deep down inside super unhappy, but when they're lashing out, it's usually because of an issue they have with themselves. It's rarely anything that has to do with you or anything you've said or done. It's usually about themselves. And when you understand that, then you don't have to react. You can instead respond in a kind and loving way and understanding way, which will diffuse things generally pretty quickly. Yeah, it's that that's so that's such an interesting point, the sort of thing we talk about of responding rather than reacting and talking about that in the sport or even self defense context, like kind of realizing that that's really not just about confrontation, physical confrontation. Right. Among people. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's super interesting. And then that idea that, like, sparring is a study of other people, like, I, I kind of realized recently that I think that's what keeps me coming back to it because part of me is like, wow, you know, there, there's always those moments where, and it's good to hear that, you know, you've experienced this too, given your high level of expertise, those moments where you're like, why do I do this to myself? Oh, this is painful. This is uncomfortable. I often feel hopeless about my abilities and the con con constant failure of this morning. But it's like, what I realize it it's like this study of other people. And you, you get this window into other people's um, perspectives and tendencies and biases and everything. Like just you, you, you start to see how other people work in a really in a really deep kind of way. And I find that really interesting, and I also find it really interesting in terms of what you're saying, like that then that ability to read other people carries out from the sport context, and you can start to see it elsewhere in your life. You really can. 
and you know in in the fact that I've you know been in martial arts for since I was 14 so a very very long time <laughs> um like 30 40 years at this point yeah 40 years it's a long time yeah and I've gone through an absolute ton of experiences and I've I've just come to realize that it's not about answering or or settling the difference you have with somebody physically because it's entirely and completely unnecessary. Completely. Yeah. I guess the old, I guess in the Andrew approach would be, you know, you're an asshole. Yeah, you're an asshole. Okay, I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) 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 If I, I, I always wish that more people would, would stop and understand and just look at somebody who's who's spouting off at you, and and if you can just take a moment and stop and and really listen to what they're saying, they're just unhappy, and it's just a call for someone to like them or care about them or love them. That's all it is. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that recently, where it was right. It was one of these situations where someone was lashing out in public. It was someone in the DMV line, and this woman just started lashing out and becoming extremely aggressive, uh, you know, and eventually it was kind of this thing I could see everyone around getting very tense and fearful, but also, you know, then people started to become angry and then sure enough, someone lashed out back. But it seemed so obvious to me that the woman who started out being so aggressive was just so unhappy, you know, and that in a way... So to return with aggression then just reinforces that worldview. You know, it sort of corroborates her negative worldview that, that everyone's against her. And I was thinking, you know, there's plenty of situations where it's necessary to stand up for yourself and fight, but that's not one of them. That's that's a situation yeah. where it's like responding with care is, is going to be more helpful in the long run. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more people to feel that think to think that way. <laughs> Indeed, right, right. That is, yeah, right. That's, that that that's the hope with all these things. You know, it's interesting. One of the things I was going to mention or to kind of bring up, maybe as a topic for discussion, just like that. So many sport fighters are just absolutely lovely people, and you know, I I would of course count you among those and count your class as one of these opportunities for like care in the context of of you know um really intense aggressive interaction but you have seen it elsewhere like the cambodian kickboxing gym down in long beach or like i had this extraordinary experience where i got to spar with the um sanda team the professional sanda team at the beijing sports university i just like went to watch a class and got invited on the mat next thing i know i'm sparring with these 20 year olds i mean it just—it was like the generosity that I sometimes see in sport fighting context is so extraordinary, and you know we get a lot of it. There's a lot of attention to the exceptions to the rule. You know, recent UFC business, for example, that gets a lot of attention. And you know, my question—I initially thought of this as a question. And I was like, oh, well, ask Coach Cat about this. Like, so why is that? And I think we just went through all the reasons why. And <laughs> if this is true, that like <laughs> that like, we kind of just outlined all these ways in which like sport fighting really does teach you um, these really extraordinary things about human beings and how they interact. And maybe the question is really 
not why sport fighting can do that, but it's just a question of whether people are listening. Honestly, no matter what the activity, uh, learning to listen to yourself and understand yourself and knowing yourself, um, you, you, you come to learn your triggers and, and if you're wise enough, you can work through that and, and uh, not allow anything to trigger you, but you know, that's kind of a lifelong quest. Right. So, so true. Yes. And I think the, probably the real question is whether we as participants are being attentive to what the practice has to offer us rather than only being about the practice itself. Right. Right. I mean, when you're, whenever you, you go into an endeavor that is going to be difficult and challenging and pulls you out of your comfort zone, no matter what the activity is, there's an opportunity to evolve and grow and learn. And it's entirely up to the person. I mean, I know that in uh, when you get up to the elite level where you're fighting for world titles, you know, it's not about, oh, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. No, it's it's really you have to stop and go, okay, here's who I am and here's what I know I can do and what I can't do. And you're always continually trying to improve on your weaknesses because you know you have them. And mm. it's always the hope that they don't exploit your weaknesses and, and capitalize on them. So when you're fighting up at that level, it's it's no longer, a, at least it should no longer be, <laughs> um, I hate you and I hate everything you stand for and I'm going to kick your freaking ass and blah, 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 right? It should never come to that point. It should be, Okay, I now have a worthy opponent in front of me, and you know, at, in the end, will I maintain my title? Will I win that title, or will I lose it? Mm-hmm. And it's not about losing the title; it, it's about you know losing control of yourself. Yes, I think that's another part of the. I guess the the uh, this is another paradox, right? Like where I think those the that the high elite level of these kinds of sports, there is, um, you know, the potential at least for, for some real humility, oddly enough, because the the opponents are also so extraordinarily good that there's that constant, like, recognition of limitation, right? And, like, the possibility Absolutely. of failure. And, and respect. And, de- and yeah. definite respect for, you know, their... Because you both know what you've gone through. You know, maybe some more extreme than others. Who can say? But, you know, it's all on how you deal with it emotionally. It's not about the fight. It's about, you know, growing with each other, literally. It's about I'm I'm learning from you as I'm competing against you, and I'm learning. And those are the, those are the champions that, you know, will be a good champion for the sport. But if they're too stuck in their egos and what this guy said, I mean, we'll take Conor McGregor and, and Khabib as an example. Where Khabib won, he he beat up Conor McGregor fair and square. But instead of letting that win be his prize and his revenge, so to speak, he could have just stood there and no matter what anybody said, while they strapped that belt around his waist, he could have said, you know what? You can say whatever you want because I'm the one wearing this belt, not you. Because I'm the one who, who beat you fair and square. And, you know, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do because I'm standing here with the belt. 
and the fight's over. And guess what? You did not win it because you could not control yourself. Mm. But he didn't do that. Instead, he let his ego get in the way. He decided to jump the fence and try to beat up one of Connor's trainers. It's like, what's the point in that? Take a step, take the high road, take the high road. But he couldn't do that. Yeah, it's it, it it's so true that idea of like let it let it be its own reward, right? Like let it stand. Let the truth let the truth. There's out. no higher place you can go in that sport, in that realm, in that in that whole existence. There is no higher place to go. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I think that's a that's a connected point of like in in thinking about how how different you know sport fighting or even sparring is from real world violence like one of the things that it you know has has taught me is just that ability you know to step back to be as aggressive as i need to be in the situation but then when those 3 minutes are done they're done and you step away exactly. right and then you have to have like a different that's a really different kind of self control even from the mastery you have in this in the moment of of um you know the fight is the kind of the afterwards and going like okay now 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 that disagreement is over right like now we have to be friends again exactly. or we are friends again right and yes. and for people who who can't do that that's a serious problem in a lot of ways well it all has to do with their their learning curve i mean here's an example at the anasano academy Two guys were sparring. One guy was brand new. The other guy was well experienced. So the one who was brand new got hit in the nose, and mm. he lost he lost his temper, got angry, and threw a fit. Wow. The experienced one just said, "Hey, you know, it happens. This is part of the sport. I, I wasn't trying to hurt you." But the other guy just couldn't get over it. He couldn't get over the fact that he got bopped in the nose. And I'm thinking, okay, do you realize that you're you're involving yourself in a contact sport where you will get hit? Right. <laughs> he couldn't get past it. He couldn't right. get past it. He's no longer a member there. But it was one of those things where, wait, I'm going to go into a room where everybody's sparring with each other, and as soon as you hit me, I'm going to get mad. Well, that says a lot about himself. It's like... He just wants everything to be his way, and he can't learn or evolve or grow from the experience. It's not about that he got hit in the nose. It's about how he handled it. <laughs> how right. did he handle it? Right, right. It's like, oh, okay, I, maybe I got too close on that one. I should have kept my hands up. I could have, you know, moved my head. I could have done whatever, but obviously he didn't handle it so well and it, in life it's all about that it's not about what happens to you it's how you respond to it it's your perspective on it changing your perspective change your entire world so true right and like and that idea of okay this is just stimulus right this happened now i need to adapt right now i need maybe i need to do something not different. only adapt but what do i learn about myself from that experience yeah. Okay, I've learned I don't handle that very well. I don't handle change very well. I don't handle the fact that I allowed myself to be in an environment where I'm going to get possibly hit, and then when I do get hit, I get mad. So wait a minute, what, what's wrong with me? What do I need to change? What what kind of perspective can I have that will allow me to grow from this? But <sighs> sadly, not everybody's so introspective. 
so true. And I think there's also something about facing one's own vulnerability that's really hard there. Absolutely. Like you, you know, exposing oneself not just to pain, but to the need for introspection. Like, oh, wow, now I have to actually look at my faults. Right. I mean, as a as an older person who's still, you know, I'm I'm still active, but, you know, I also realize that I, though I can go in and spar with the 20-year-olds, if I spar on a, on a high level, I'm I'm going to get hit more often than I normally would have. And mm. there's a part of me that thinks, okay, why am I doing this? Am I doing it to help them? Sure, because I still have quite a few tricks up my sleeve. But, you know, I think mostly for me, it's understanding that as I'm getting older, I have to change my tactics and change my perspective on things, which I'm happy with because, you know, I get to actually do more things and look at things differently. It's kind of nice. That's another interesting thing, I guess, about what sparring teaches us is that we have to keep evolving and changing because everything is continually evolving and changing. And we can't just like say, oh, this worked before. Yeah, change actually is the one constant we can count on. (laughs) Everything changes all the time. (laughs) So true. Well, I feel like we could keep talking for hours about this because it's fascinating to me. But I'm realizing we're coming up on our 30-minute point, and I feel like that insight of change is the one constant is a really good note to end on. Okay, good. Thank you so, so much thank you. for the opportunity. Yeah, and thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your insights here and on the mat. Thank you for having this conversation with me. My pleasure, really.